Hey, Lighthouse Niagara family, this is Pastor Joel Sloss. I hope that the message you received today blesses you so, so much. And uh, last week, I didn't know that I would be doing a study going through Colossians, but uh, uh, the Lord just put on my heart to, to continue. So we're, we're going to go through the book of Colossians the next number of weeks, and uh, we're going to go, be going... Uh, doing it exegetically, uh, an exegesis uh, of, of verse by verse is what I'm saying, and um, just how it applies to our lives. Just amazing uh, book, very short, four chapters, and um, so tonight uh, we're going to continue. We started off last week with uh, a title of preeminent and uh, uh, Basically, that Jesus Christ would be preeminent in our lives. And uh, so tonight, we're going to carry on. Um, for 27 years, I, I was involved in uh, teaching. For 14 years, I taught uh, full-time. The Lord called me into ministry. And um, so I went to part-time after that call into ministry, continued another 12 years uh, teaching uh, part-time. And th the uh, most, the thing that I enjoyed, enjoyed most was uh, being in the gym. The Lord worked things out without me even uh, doing anything. The last 12 years, I, I just taught phys ed. And so I, I enjoyed not just being in the gym teaching, but also uh, coaching uh, after school, uh, whether it was uh, track and field or basketball or, believe it or not, basketball, uh, and also uh, cross country. Um, so I, I, I enjoyed that over the years. But in the gym, part of, uh, of, of phys ed, physical education, uh, was the aspect of skill building, to build skills. And uh, so part of it was the listening, the, the showing, the uh, allowing for practice um, so that there could be an improving of a skill, even within one uh, period of, of phys ed. Um, and it wasn't just the, the, the showing of the skill, but there was also an applying of the skill. Uh, to uh, use the skills in a, oftentimes in a game situation, whatever it may be. Um, and one of the things that I, that, was, that I was looking for was not just skills, but it was also effort, looking at a, a, the student's effort and their desire to, uh, uh, to work hard, to play hard. Uh, to be smart in their application and their effort of, of the things that they had learned, uh, their intensity, also their sacrifice. How, how, how willing were they to, to push it um, and to, to sacrifice? Another part of, of teaching was uh, looking for cooperation. How cooperative were they with the, the coach? How cooperative were they with each other? working together. 
So these are all things that I, I marked, the, the social interaction within a period. So at the end of the period, I'd be marking these different things for, for the students. Um, and, uh, but one of the things that I found was, was always interesting was the game situation. The actual, uh, whether it was applying skills or whatever, or, or even just having a game day and the interaction uh, within the game that was taking place. And uh, I don't know about you, and I, I, I did this very rarely, hardly ever. Did you, you ever have a, a uh, remember the time where you had to, um, whether it was during phys ed or it was at recess time, uh, you'd, you'd have a group of kids, hey, come on, let's play whatever, uh, prisoner's base or baseball or soccer, whatever, so you have to pick teams. Do you ever, do you ever, so you'd pick two captains and then they would, uh, they would pick the teams, the two captains. And usually the captains, oftentimes the captains were, were if it was a, a, a skill-based thing like, say, baseball or whatever, uh, you'd have the two best players and they'd pick the teams. And so they would always pick. If they were very competitive, they'd always be picking the best athletes to be on their team. You remember that? Do you remember, where, where did you get picked? Where were you uh, in the in the, 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 the scale or the, the lineup when it came to getting picked? Like, were you up close to the top or were you closer to the bottom? I can remember, uh, and once again, I, I very rarely did this. Every once in a while, if you had kids that were more social beings, they'd be picking their friends. Who cares about winning? It was about picking their friends, right? So you'd have this the team that would get trounced in an actual game, but man, they have a lot of fun getting trounced because there's a bunch of their friends. Half the time, they're just sitting talking on the, on the side of the field, right? And the other team is just trouncing them because they're more concerned, or they, their, their thing was all about social, the social aspect. I thank God, that's not how God does things. That he's, I want you to know today that it's not so much how talented we are or who's most popular uh, and it's not you know who's has the, the the least of a worst past it's not about your past and, and how far gone or, or far out you were uh, they say oh sorry you're you're excluded from being used by God so despite our flaws and our faults, despite our, our past history, despite our accomplishments or, or lack of accomplishments, God has called you. Have you. Do you realize that God called you? He chose you? And the Lord desires for us to be a part of what he has for us. He desires for each and every one of us to be used for his glory, that we would enjoy what we were made to do. Can you imagine? We're not just talking about any captain of any team, but we're talking about the captain, the Lord of 
of the, the hosts of heaven, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the Lamb of God that was slain. There's a calling in your life, and he's, he's choosing you. The Lord is choosing, just as he chose his disciples, he is choosing you. I, I, I like what it says. Uh, and you think, well, what can God use me for? What is God, what, what can God, what, what does God see in me? But God has plans and purposes that are specific for you. A, a, a verse that I've been quoting a lot the last few years is Ephesians 2.10. that talks about the fact that we are his workmanship. God created you. You, you are special to him. And it says that we are created in Christ Jesus for good works and that we would walk in those works which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. God made things specifically for you. He, ch he called you. He chose you. He says, this is what I have for you to do. Even before we were born, he already knew that there was a plan and a purpose for our lives. And just as is, we heard that, uh, that testimony of salvation, and just as we uh, heard there's such changes that have taken place in Sam's life, just a desire to say, you know what? We need to do more. There's more that we need to do in these last days. The Lord has called us. In Romans 8, 28, it says, And we know that all things work together for good to those that love God and are called according to his purpose. For whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son. We'd be like, like more and more like Jesus. That he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom he predestined, these he also called, whom he called, these he also justified, and whom he justified, these he also glorified. There's a, a work that has been done on us. And the Lord is saying, I want to work through you. God has, has a plan for us. He's called us. We are not all the same. Each one of us is, uh, is, is unique and different. In 1 Corinthians 3, verse 5, Paul says, Who then is Paul? And who is Apollos? But ministers through whom you believed, as the Lord gave to each one, I planted, Apollos water, watered, but God gave the increase. So then neither he who plants is anything, nor he who waters, but God who gives the increase. Now he who plants and he who waters are one, and each one will receive his own re reward according to his own labor. For we are God's fellow workers, or co-laborers. You are God's field. You are God's building. And according, according to the grace of God, which was given to, to me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation, and another builds on it. But let each one take heed how he builds on that foundation. The Lord desires to do a work on a foundation of Jesus Christ and what he did for us on the cross. We all need to minister. The Lord desires for there to be a, a beautiful and powerful work. 
For no other foundation can anyone lay than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Jesus is preeminent. He is above all. And uh, I just thank God as we, we uh, went over last week, some of the benefits that we have or that the Lord would have us have. It says he desires to be preeminent and all things that he would be preeminent he desires for, for us to put him first in all things. And there's so many uh, benefits that are mentioned in that first chapter. And if you weren't here last week, check, check out last week's uh, message. Um, and just listen to what uh, God has in store for us. But I, wanna, I want uh, for, to read now as we get into tonight. Uh, and tonight, if I could put a, a title is I choose you. The Lord is choosing you. The Lord is, he is preeminent. He is above all, and he's choosing you. And we want to see, what is he choosing us for? What is he choosing us for? So from verse 21, Colossians 1, 21, it says, And you who once were alienated, so we were apart, and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now he has reconciled. He's, he's re there's a relationship that we have with God now in the body of his flesh through death. So it came through his death, his body that was broken for us. For what reason? To present us holy and blameless and above reproach in his sight. How many of you recognize that you are holy and blameless and above reproach in his sight. Do you know that? Do you realize that? You may say, Pastor, but I'm not perfect. I haven't arrived yet either. It says, if indeed you continue in the faith, grounded and steadfast, and are not moved away from the hope of the gospel which you heard, which was preached to every creature under heaven, of which I, Paul, became a minister that our faith would not falter in who Jesus is and what he did for us. The same thing that saved you when you first came to the Lord is the same exact identical faith that you need today and you need tomorrow and the next day and the next day. The same faith that comes through the body of his flesh through death. That's how we are presented holy and blameless and above reproach in his sight if indeed you continue in the faith, that faith and who he is and what he's done for us on the cross. And then we're not moved away from the hope of the gospel, which we heard. And it ends off this verse with, of which I, Paul, became a minister. I became a minister. Now... To minister, a minister, we think of, oftentimes we think, well, you know, Pastor Dave's a minister. I've been called a minister. You're a minister. But the Lord would have each one of us to be ministers. Each one of us need to be a minister. So what is a minister? A minister is one who executes the commands of, of another so we execute the commands of another oftentimes we think a minister is somebody that ministers to somebody else but 
and that's true. We minister to others, but the definition of this word means to execute the commands of, of another, of someone else. So there's a need to listen to the one that, that saved us, who is our Lord and is our master. And it says here, and especially of a master, so we become a servant, an attendant, a minister of, for instance, the, the servant of a king is a minister. So as we also are servants of the Most High God, of Jesus Christ, we become those that execute the commands that he would have for us. So that's a minister. And uh, I just want to say this, just a few points as we get into this. Uh, Paul says, I, I became a minister. I became one that executed the commands of the Lord. And so the Lord desires, he, I guess for us, would be, well, Lord, what are you telling us to do? There's, there's commands that we should ex execute. And we'll see as we, we get in, into this, the greatest thing that we can do is to, to lead someone else to Christ. Our sister mentioned earlier, ministry, or it has to go past these four walls. It cannot be contained to just in here. It has to go outside. It cannot just be twice a week that we gather together and we're, we're ministered to or we, we take part in ministry. But there has to be more that goes on. It cannot just be twice a week or three times a week that we might gather together. But it needs to be on a regular basis that we are ministering to those that don't know the Lord. Now, just a few things about ministry. And I'm just looking at Colossians chapter 1, verse 24. It says, I now rejoice in my sufferings for you and fill up in my flesh what is lacking in the afflictions of Christ for the sake of his body, which is the church. Now, as Paul wrote this letter, and, and Paul didn't start the, the church in, in uh, Colossae. He's writing, it was most likely Epaphras that, that started the, ch the church, but Epaphras got saved through Paul's ministry. And so here's Paul is writing. While he's incarcerated, he writes to the church in Colossae. And I'll tell you right now, this, I, I don't know about you, but uh, this doesn't sound like a very positive verse. I now rejoice in my sufferings for you. And fill up in my flesh what is lacking in the afflictions of Christ for the sake of his body, which is the church. I just, I just want to make a few points here on, on this first. First of all, uh, I want you to know that ministry may not always be easy. Long-term ministry will not be easy. And it's, it's the continuing on. Paul here is saying, I, I rejoice in my sufferings for you. There is a sacrifice that needs to be made. As I went back to the, I go back to the illustration of, of uh, students in the gym or coaching or whatever. 
I, I always looked for those individuals that had the intensity to fight through situations or they wouldn't give up when they were down, especially in, uh, in basketball, is that they would continue to, to try even though they, we knew that we were beat, that we would, that we would keep pushing right to the end. Same thing whether it was track and field or cross country is even though you, uh, you may not be first or second or even the top 10, but I'm going to finish the race. I'm going to push through, and it's not easy. It's not easy. Long-term ministry or ministering or, or fulfilling the execution of, of the Lord's commands are not always easy. And sometimes there's a sacrifice that's necessary, and there's is... Uh, uh, you're, you're being put out. You're being put out. There is a sacrifice. I've had people say, hey, pastor, that's not your job. That's not something you should be doing. There's something sometimes where I may not do things as a, necessarily as a pastor. I'm just doing it because I'm a brother in the Lord. And I need to minister to, to brothers or sisters in the Lord. I need to minister to somebody that doesn't know the Lord. So I'm going to minister to him, not just because I'm a pastor, but because I, I am a minister that, is, that needs to execute the command of the master. And there's sacrifice involved. You might say, Pastor, is there, are there any times uh, where, where you just don't feel like doing uh, certain things or ministering? You better believe it. I know I, I heard, uh, I don't know if you heard this, um, one of the, the child saying, hey, mother saying, hey, you got to, come on, you got to get up, you got to go to school. Mom, I don't want to go to school. No, you got to, come on, I, I just don't feel like I just want to sleep in. No, you got to get up, you got to go to school. Mom, please, I don't, I want to go to school you know you need to go to school I don't feel like it you got to because you're the teacher <laughs> you know what uh, there's times where you, you just you don't want to do it and Paul says I now rejoice in my sufferings for you we need to help I, I just want you to know that when it comes from, to ministering to the Lord, you are not alone, that we, you would operate in the power of the Holy Spirit. That we would operate in the power of the Holy Spirit. There's times where even though there's a sacrifice, you recognize, thank God for his spirit to help us through the situation because there was good that was done. I look forward to this Saturday. I, I, I sent off a text uh, today and uh, to Dale, just saying, you know what? I look forward to this Saturday because not only not only are we helping you and Richard, but I have the opportunity to spend some time with a bunch of guys. We can be together to have fellowship with each other in the work that we're going to do. There's so many, so many good things of ministry. So there is a sacrifice involved of time and whatever. And, but yet, in the sacrifice, 
there's a rejoicing because we know that the Lord has done a work through us to bless and minister to somebody. We've, we've executed the command. I just say thank you, Lord, for that. To rejoice in suffering. You know, Satan hates as we would minister. Satan hates as the message goes out of Jesus Christ and his finished work on the cross for us. Satan hates it, but the result is this. And this is where some of the rejoicing comes in, is the work that's accomplished. Even if one person, Sam, you were saying, there was a seed that was planted like 40 years, 40 years ago almost. 40 years ago, there was a seed that was planted. And now the fruit of that seed has, is, has come to life. It's come to life in your life. You, just, you say, I'm not the same person that I was 15 months ago. And so sometimes the ministry that we, we may do to, with others and for others, sometimes we don't see the, the consequences or the effect. But it says here, for the sake of his body, which is the church. The fact to, to become a part of the body of Christ means that there's salvation that would, have take, would take place. We're not part of the body of Christ. We're not members within the body unless we have been saved. That takes ministry. And there's a rejoicing because there's an adding to the body of Christ. People coming to know Jesus or being impacted for the Lord. Now this, this phrase in the middle of this verse, it was like, I was, I was struggling. Like, what, what is this saying here? And fill up, it says here in the middle of verse 24, I, I, I now rejoice my sufferings for you, and fill up in my flesh what is lacking in the afflictions of Christ for the sake of his body, which is the church. It's like, and fill up in my flesh what is lacking in the afflictions of Christ. And so I, whenever I, I, I look at these words and the original a Greek I was this this was written in and this thing of filling up in my flesh this word is is used only one time in the Bible it's only used one time and it's used here in this verse so the meaning of this word there's actually two words this word fill up, the first part of it has to do with instead of. So it's instead of. And then the second part has to do with making full or to supply. So it has two different meanings. And together, in context, in the context of this verse, this is what this word fill up means. So I'll just expand it. So it, it's what is lacking in the afflictions of Christ to be borne by me, to be carried by me. What was lacking in the afflictions of Christ to be borne by me. So the instead of part is this. Instead of me having to be afflicted, instead of me having to go to the cross, instead of me hanging on the cross and paying for, for my own crimes my own sin 
it was Jesus Christ that took my place. I fill up on the fact that he took my place. He took my punishment. He took the consequences of my sin upon himself. My sins were placed on, on him. He bore my sins. And instead of me dying, he died in my place. That's the instead of. And that I accept in order to repay the benefits which Christ gave to me. So I accept all the benefits. And because of all the blessings. So he, not only did he die for me, I accept all the blessings. And now the filling up of. By filling up or accepting the measure of the afflictions laid upon me. So I accept because of what he did for me. I didn't have to suffer going to the cross. I didn't, ha I didn't have to pay with my, my life apart from God. And all the benefits. You may say, what benefits? What are some benefits that, that are ours because of our faith in Jesus Christ? What he did for us on the cross. What are some benefits? Eternal life. Hey, that's a good deal. Freedom. Freedom from things of the past, of addictions, of, of bondage, of captivity. We're set free. What else? We have peace. We have, have a peace in our heart and in our mind. These are benefits. Not only do we have peace of heart and mind, but we also have peace when it comes to a relationship with God. What are, what are some other benefits? Oh, yeah, I had a whole wax just shouting out. So I heard somebody said joy. What else? Being, being cared for. The fact that God cares for us. What else? Sorry, a, the gift of love, that we're loved. Yeah. Forgiveness. All our sins taken care of, forgiven. What else? Security. Healing. Being able to depend on Jesus, the fact that, that, you know what? We don't have to depend on ourselves anymore. We don't have to trust in ourselves because he's got us. He's got our back. There's, we can go on and on. One of, one of the biggest things for me is justification. That I'm in right standing with God. I'm in the right standing with God. Listen, I didn't have to work. I, I just by faith, I'm in right standing with God. So these are all the things that, that are part of this word is, is the fact that, that we, we've accepted not only the fact that he died for us, he took our place for us, but we accepted all the, the benefits that come in Christ and we, are, we fill up by accepting or there's an accepting then also of, of the, the sacrifice or the afflictions that we may have to go through because we're followers of Christ. This is why Paul says, I can rejoice in my sufferings. My sufferings for you. There's a work that's being done through me, and I, 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 just, I recognize who Jesus is, what he did for, for me. I, I recognize the benefits. When we start to recognize the benefits, when we begin to count our blessings... The old song, count your blessings, name them one by one. 
that we would see what God has done for us. We begin to, to, to recount all the blessings in our life. I just say, thank you, Lord. You did this for me. So there, there may be some suffering and affliction as a result of ministry that we're put out. You know what? You did that. You know what? You went to the cross for me. You came. You, 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 you went through uh, being born and confined to a human body. Jesus grew up he, he, all going through the whole things of puberty and, and teenage, the teenage years and all those different things. And young adulthood, Jesus went through. It says he grew in wisdom and stature and favor in front of God and man. There is a growth, and he confined himself so that we could have life. Lord, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to do the work of ministry that you've called me to do. Hallelujah. He says, of which I became a minister, verse 25, of which I became a minister according to the stewardship from God, which was given to me for you to fulfill the word of God. To fulfill the word of God. So he, there was a word that was given to, to Paul. There was a calling. There was this thing uh, of the stewardship from God. The management of God that says, I have something just for Dave. That's unique to Dave. And for you, the Lord is saying, I have something just for you to do that is unique to you. I'm call, I've called you by name, and there's a work that I want you to do that Dave can't do. Dave's got his things to do, but you have your things that God would have you do at this time. Lord, really? Think about who's calling you. It is not just anybody. We're talking the God of all creation. God the Father, the Son, and Holy Spirit are tied in with what they would have you do at this time. When we recognize the, the extent of this, it's like that we would not be casual about our function and purpose within the body of Christ at this time, and especially as we see the day of the Lord approaching, that we would not be casual, but that we would be used by God. What a privilege. God is entrusting us with something. God is considering us for something. He wants for us to work alongside him. What a privilege. Me? God, you're... You're, you're, you're asking me to do that? You want to use, you want to work through me? You want me to be a minister? Paul, Lord, are you, are you serious? Really? God, you know what I did. You know that I was the cause of, of Stephen being stoned to death. God, you're going to use me? That's why Paul, at different points, that says, I, I am the least of the apostles. Because he recognized, oh man, the grace of God on me, that you would consider me for, for, for anything, ha having done what I did. I was so opposed to you, God. Listen, don't you ever allow the lies of the enemy 
because of your past or things that, that you've done to say that you're excluded from what God has for you. God has things for you regardless of your past as you have been set free and as you've been cleansed and washed that God is saying, man, do I have something for you. What a privilege. Hallelujah. And he says, of which I became a minister according to the stewardship from God. I like this thing, a steward, a manager that says, I've got something just for you. This will, this will work. We're going to work together. This is what I have for you to do. This is not you getting up and being the last in line to be called when it comes to being picked for the team, for the game. Man, that's why I never did it. I never would allow for that situation to arise because I could just see the, the, the face of the, the kids that were left standing or at the end. Because they weren't, they, they'd, oftentimes they'd be looking at, at, at the person just saying, hey, pick me, pick me. For goodness sake, pick me. Before. I don't want to be the last one picked. And as it got closer to the end, it'd be like their, heads, their, their head is down. And the worst thing was when they said, when the, the last person they had to pick would say, you know what? So-and-so, uh, you know, they can be on your team. I don't want them on my team. They'll go on to the other team. I don't know. It's, you, you might understand what I'm saying. That's not God. God is calling you and saying, man, do I have something for you that is unique to you. There's this stewardship, this management from God, which is given just for you to fulfill the word of God to complete something. And so often the enemy says, you're a failure, you're no good for nothing, what can you do? And the Lord is saying, but I do have something for you to do. Praise God. I became a minister, that we would be ministering at, in these last days like never before. There may be a sacrifice, you may have to be put out, you may have to say, you know what, the things that I want to do, I'm not going to do. There's things that need to get done, and so there's a sacrifice that takes, this, this, that takes place. Say, so, yeah, I'm, I'm, that's, that's the least that I can do. In Ephesians chapter 4, verse 15 and 16, it says, But speaking the truth in love, that we may grow up in all things into him who is the head, Christ, to be more and more like Jesus Christ, from whom the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies, according to the effective working by which every part does its share, causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. Every part doing its share, what it's supposed to do, that there's a building up of the body in love. I like what 1 Peter 4.10 says, as each one has received a gift, minister it to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. Every one of you has received a gift. Minister it to one another. Execute, execute. One of the highlights of all my years of coaching happened when uh, Jacqueline was in grade eight. I was already working, I was only part-time, so I was working quarter-time teaching. And so when she was in grade eight, there was no teachers that wanted to do basketball at her school. So Jacqueline says, Dad, you want to coach? You want to coach our team? 
I said, yeah, I'll coach. So I went into her school. I, I went in as a parent coaching. And so I tried to, to set up games against the schools that I was part of. I was part of DSBN, and Jacqueline was part of the French uh, school board. So because of insurance purposes, couldn't get any any games between the two boards. It's like, oh, really? That was frustrating. So in DSBN, they, they had a regular schedule, uh, a weekly schedule, and or they would have games that they would sometimes play the coaches if they wanted to get extra games in. They would set up exhibition games or whatever. And the French board, they had one tournament. One tournament for the entire year. That was basketball. One tournament. It was like, what? You can't even improve on a tournament. You could, it's one day. So I, I thought, well, you know what? Doesn't matter. We're gonna we're gonna do what we can. So the the tournament was at I think in February or end of February or beginning of March. I had tryouts in December, and we were practicing twice a week. And by the time we hit the tournament, there was only four teams there, four different schools. Jacqueline's school had never won basketball. I, they couldn't remember the last time they had won in this tournament. They usually come and they lose every game. Talk about execution. We had so many different plays on defense, on offense, inbounding plays, sideline plays. It, and, and I just, they all knew the plays. So we had practiced. And now it was time to, to execute. I'll tell you, there is nothing like the joy of, of the team, of seeing the team execute what they've been practicing. There is nothing like the joy of seeing the kids not being in defeat, but for the first time actually winning. We won that tournament. It was one of my highlights of my coaching 27 years of being in school. It was one of my highlights that, that there was such a joy it was like when Jesus sent out the disciples by two, and they came back, and they were so excited because, Lord, even the demons came out. When I, they, they were cast out, we had authority over the demons. Lord says, hey, I want you guys, I want you guys, know you're excited about that, but this is what it's all about, that your name is written in the book of life. It is about the gospel. It is about the gospel going out. The Lord desires for there to be an execution. Lord, that I would execute. Lord, you chose me. You chose me. Lord, let me execute what I need to execute at this time. As a, as a coach, and it wasn't just as a coach, as a father, I was, I was proud of, of not just the team, but of my daughter. I was able to coach. I just say, thank you, Lord, for the experience and the Lord would desire for us to, to minister, to execute. Each one of us received a gift. And we would minister it one to another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. That we would be good stewards, managers. That we would execute. If anyone speaks, let him speak as the oracles of God. Some of the things that we will minister in is, is through speech. 
You know what? Without, that's, the word is powerful. Jesus is the word. In the beginning was the word. The word was with God and the word was God. It's not, it's not by chance that that passage in John 1 verse 1 is what it is. But there is something powerful about the word of God that would come out from us. Like you said, there was a seed that was planted so many years ago and it came to, to, to life so many years later. Because there was a, the seed is the word of God. Even if it's the gospel that's presented or, or, or put in, in a person's heart. If anyone ministers, let him do it as with the ability which God supplies, that in all things God may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom be, belong the glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Jesus is the one that needs to be lifted up and exalted in what we do. And the Lord is saying, I want to give you the ability an ability that you cannot have on your own, that we would have the power of the Holy Spirit amongst us and in us, working through us. In verse 26, you might say, well, what are we ministering? It says, the mystery which has been hidden from ages and from generations, but now has been revealed to his saints. You might say, what mystery? Do you know that the mystery of how a person would be saved or could be saved was hidden from the angels and from the demons and even from man before Christ. They didn't, they didn't quite grasp the extent of salvation. They had an, a, a, a view that, that of something but didn't know the extent of it. it was there was a mystery, but it was revealed to, to his saints. We are his saints. It's been revealed to us. We, we have salvation in and through Jesus Christ because we heard of Jesus Christ and we were ministered to by the gospel of Jesus Christ to us. Hallelujah. Verse 27 says, To, to them God will to make known what are the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles. And this is, the, this is it. This is the mystery. Christ in you the hope of glory. Christ in you. As you heard of Jesus, you received Jesus, and you took him in. And as you took Christ in, as you took Jesus in, there is a hope of an eternity that is, is not just a hope of wishful thinking, but is a reality. There's a reality of life in and through Jesus Christ that we would be, would that he would make known to us the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles. That's us, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Praise God. As we receive Jesus Christ, we are born of God. We are born of God. We, are, we become sons and daughters of the Most High God. Hallelujah. I don't know about you, but are you looking forward to what you... What, the Lord would have you execute at this time because he chose you? You're saved? Are you looking forward to what? I'm not just looking forward to what is yet to come in, hey, when he comes back. I'm looking forward to what has yet to be done before he comes back. I'm excited about the things that he will do through us, through you, through me. It says... Him we preach, 
warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom that we may present every man perfect in Christ Jesus. We have Christ in us because someone told us about Christ and told us about what he did for us on the cross. Him we preach. We preach Jesus Christ and him crucified. Warning every man without Jesus. We are finished. Just before I came, I, this thing came up on YouTube to me. And it was Billy Graham on Johnny Carson. And this was years ago. Johnny Carson, the, the late night talk show host. And he had Billy Graham on. And, and, and Billy Graham very clearly, in a very beautiful way, shared the gospel. Johnny Carson can't say he hasn't heard the gospel. I because Billy Graham told it right on national TV. I just say, thank you, Lord, that we can present the gospel, warning every man without Jesus. We can't make it. It's only with Jesus that we have life. We have life in and through him. They had footage of when Billy Graham went to Korea, Seoul, Korea. They had this, this area that they had set up. And at that point was the largest gathering of people in one place at one time. They estimated there was somewhere, they were figuring there was probably 1.1 million people in one service 1.1 million people and there were people that had basically gotten there and they had slept overnight so they could be close he says i he says as i was so he's telling this to johnny carson they had footage of it on johnny carson and he says i couldn't even see i just saw like i couldn't see any individual faces because there was just there were literally millions of people or there were mil there was over a million people there to hear the, the gospel of Jesus Christ. The Lord wants to do a work through us. We need to preach Jesus. We need to speak of Jesus, warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom that we may present every man perfect in Christ Jesus. Can you imagine, as you share the gospel of Jesus Christ with somebody, as we minister to somebody the, the gospel, that we can present them perfect in Christ Jesus. I just say, thank you, Lord, for that. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. To this end, I also labor, striving according to his working, which works in me mightily. I labor. It takes effort. It takes sacrifice. It's not easy. It's work. I labor, striving according to to his working which works in me mightily. The fact that God will work through us powerfully as we take the step to execute. He chose you. Lord, let me execute 
let me minister what you would have me minister at this time. You say, what can I do? That we would share the gospel of Jesus Christ. As Paul says, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also for the Greek, for in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. The righteousness of God, it is basically the state of a person who is as he ought to be, righteous, the condition acceptable to God. The righteousness of God is that we are in right standing before God. We are as we ought to be before the Lord. And that comes from by faith to faith. It's revealed from faith to faith as we believe. And that, that we not just believe and grab a hold, but that eat daily that we would live by that faith in Jesus Christ. And the just shall live by faith. Those that are innocent, faultless, guiltless before the Lord God because of his righteousness on us. I just say, thank you, Lord. I stand before you as I ought to be. And we can bring other people to that place just by sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ with them, that we would execute that in these last days. In Ephesians 1, verse 19, it says, and what is, he says, uh, you would, your eyes of understanding would be enlightened. You would, you may know what is the hope of his calling, what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe according to the working of his mighty power. The power that God has for you. That's one of the things that we want to pray, especially tomorrow's Lord, that power that is, is available to us. Lord, we need the power at this time. We need the power of your Holy Spirit at this time. And so I just want to, I want to close with, uh, with a, a, a prayer on different, just a few different points. And before I pray, I just want to make an invitation. If there's anybody here that is not where they should be at, the Lord is calling you. And he loves you. If there's anybody here that's listening online, if you're not where you should be at or you, you don't know where you're at spiritually before God, God is saying, I love you. I died for you. You can have life in and through me. So I would invite you to, to the life, the abundance, the fullness that God has for you, the benefits that God has for you that you don't have to ever be afraid. Even as you would confess, Lord, I, I, I need you. I am a sinner. You would do that. Confess your, your sin before the Lord and confess who Jesus is, that he died for you, that he bore all your sins upon himself. Confess it and believe it in your heart. Lord, you really, you died for me? You died every single one of my sins? Confess, confess that Yes, I believe, Jesus, you died for me. And you rose again. And allow Jesus to come into your life by faith. Just allow him, to, let him into your life. Lord, there's a work that needs to be done in these last days. And so, Lord, you have called us. You, you chose us to minister 
to execute your commands. Lord, you've commanded that we should go out, that we should make disciples. Lord, I pray that we would bring the gospel to those that don't know you. And Lord, that we would, we would execute on in this, this regard of bringing the gospel. And Lord, that we would not do it in our own strength or power, but Lord, we would do it in the power of your spirit. Lord, you desire to work alongside us and with us Lord, you desire, I want, I, want to, I want you to enjoy the beautiful thing of leading someone else to the Lord to pe present them perfect in Christ Jesus. Lord, even as they would hear the gospel and respond to the gospel, Lord, that we would do this in the, the power of your spirit at this time. So, Lord, pour out your spirit upon us, Lord, that there would be a, a, a power and a boldness as we would go out and, and execute your commands. So come, Holy Spirit. Lord, I pray that we would be a living sacrifice for you. A living sacrifice. Lord, you don't want a dead sacrifice. You just, you want a living sacrifice. You want us to yield, to surrender. Lord, even if there's a cost to it, Lord, even there's a putting out of us, Lord, we say yes. Lord, because of who you are and what you did for us, Lord, you took our place. And Lord, the benefits that we have, Lord, there is, they are priceless. You, we, can't even, we can't pay for them. They are priceless, and they, they are, you have given them to us, Lord. And so if, we have to, if we're put out, if there's a sacrifice uh, on our part, Lord, we say, yeah, it's all right, Lord. So we will execute. Lord, we will minister we will do the things that you would have us do at this time in jesus name in jesus name and lord i stand with your word that is given to us in hebrews 13 verse 20 and 21 lord i just stand with that prayer as a writer ends off this book i say lord May the God of peace, who brought up our Lord Jesus from the dead, that great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant, make us all complete in every good work to do your will. Lord, working in us what is well-pleasing in your sight, through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever, and everyone says, amen, amen, so be it. Praise God. God bless you tonight. And um, I, I look forward to hear what the Lord will do through you. And some of you, God is, as you just surrender yourself and say, yes, Lord, I'm, I'm willing to be used by you. God, well, he's already started to work through you. But even as you surrender, he will do a work powerfully through you, regardless of your, your, your failings and your weaknesses and whatever. The Lord wants to do a powerful work through you. So let's be ministers. He has chosen you. He's chosen me. Let's be ministers for him. Amen. God bless you. Have a great night. And uh, we shall see you uh, soon. Tomorrow, if you can make it. And uh, Saturday, if you can join in, God bless. 
Hey, Lighthouse family, thanks so much for tuning in to another one of our podcast sermons. I'm Pastor Joel Sloss. For more podcasts, media, and live stream services at lighthouseniagara.com, Sundays at 10 o'clock. God bless.